You're listening to Tech Nest, the PropTech Podcast. In each episode, you'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. Discover market opportunities, interesting data, growth tactics, and trends driving the industry forward. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. All right, we're talking leasing today. I have two guests, one company. Don't get to have uh, multiple people from the same company very often. Jason Schnitzer, he's the CEO, and Max Griffin, Director of Sales, on the show today, talk about a company called Skylight. Get skylight.com. Skylight connects multifamily units to the top leasing talent within your city. This allows for internal leasing teams to be more competitive and efficient, and it increases the amount of access potential uh, for renters by you know expanding the capacity for tours and leasing uh, power when you're trying to fill up units. Uh, one of the things that I, I wasn't familiar with this problem. This is a new problem to me before the show. But you know, you can build an internal team, or you can go hire management companies that have a leasing, or you can go and hire all the agents directly yourself. But there's still some challenges baked in there. The retention issues of having an internal team, the limitations of your internal team. They still want holidays and, and weekends. If you hire a certain brokerage or two, then you're kind of stuck with their talent and even their talents. Uh, turnover rate, or you can kind of unlock it to the best talent within the city, regardless of brokerage. And that's really what Skyway's been doing. They're streamlining the ability to do that, building tech to support that, integrations to existing systems that building owners and their customers are using. It makes a lot of sense. They're currently only in the Los Angeles area with expansion plans across the country. We're going to get into all those details and more. Let's hear what they have to say. Hey, Jason, Max, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate, Nate. thank you. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to have you guys on. Uh, It's rare I get two employees or (laughs) members of a founding team uh, on at once. And so uh, this is always fun for me. There's been a few instances where that's happened in the past and a few that's also fallen through. Max, you helped set this up, uh, I believe. Yeah, and uh, so thanks for, for doing that. Uh, and then, so, uh, Max, uh, leads, uh, sales for Skylight and Jason, you're the CEO. Uh, and I pulled from, I'm just going to pull the quote from the site here, right? Skylight is working to connect multifamily units, uh, to city's top leasing talents. So I'm going to start with that right there. Um, break that down for me, Jason, in simple terms. What does that really mean for the multifamily industry as far as what Skylight's building? Sure. Um, first off, thanks for having us. Max, thanks for joining. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're a platform that connects multifamily to a network of residential agents within uh, currently the city of Los Angeles. Uh, and a couple different ways to utilize those agents in order to uh, lease your multifamily, uh, to simply uh, put it simply. Uh, really tap into those uh, you know, agents and, and go from there. But there's a lot more to it. Now, I know that this is uh, one of the other promises here of the product is that this helps strengthen uh, the, in- the internal leasing team, making them more competitive and efficient. Can you talk me through a little bit about how Skylight helps teams become more competitive and efficient? Yeah, sure. So um, I think if we back it up and talk about just the, the agents in general and how you can utilize those agents, um, you know, we, we, this all came about um, from kind of my background where uh, we were leasing multifamily, uh, our own portfolios with residential agents. And the first mm-hmm. thing we did there was we started building out tools for these agents to be more efficient and uh, to be excited about actually uh, leasing apartments. Uh, we found they were the best uh, people to do so and best salespeople, et cetera. And um, building out those tools, we very quickly found them to be um, 
much more efficient. And so what I mean by more efficient is if they have the up-to-date uh, inventory, if they have that at you know within the palm of their hand within an app, if they have all the pertinent details for a building such as concessions, pet policy, et cetera, they can really focus on what they do best, which is going to the building, that face-to-face -face interaction, being an advocate for your mm -hmm. building and selling and selling the neighborhood and what it's like to live in the community. So as we started to build out Skylight in its current iteration, we found that uh, property management companies, either vertically integrated or not, could really utilize this leasing automation for their internal team as well. Mm -hmm. And it focuses on a few different things. Um, starts with being able to, from any ILS, having a prospect book a tour instantly with a uh, you know with your agent team so therefore mm -hmm. and we're in the world of centralizations crms etc and mm -hmm. we're by no means that crm but we think it's critical to catch that consumer in this case the renter as quickly as possible and allowing them to book that tour with let's say it's your um an on-site person that handles four or five buildings in the past that person had to, use, had to actually use that CRM, go call, handle the the follow-ups, etc., and then book those tours based off of their availability and based off mm -hmm. the renter's availability. And oftentimes there was a gap there because these property managers are doing many different things. So first and foremost, the leasing automation allows your in-house team to focus on selling and booking of tours is a big part of that, as well as um, obviously a, you know the the big sell of our our product is that you take that internal team of maybe two or three agents and you turn that into fifteen agents, and mm -hmm. so that additional coverage allows the renter to view the apartment when they are available, maybe the middle of the day when they have a break, uh, maybe after hours. Uh, and then it makes your team really um, as efficient as possible. Now, are those, those other agents that you're recruiting to join the Skylight platform, you know, they're getting the leads on getting the, you know, to, to do a showing of a, say a luxury unit in LA. Are they getting paid by the tour? Is it, when a lead closes, can you can you walk through how that all works with those agents? Yeah, it's all success based, and success at Skylight is actually closing the lease. Um, so at point of moving, um, they're being paid a commission. Uh, so it's similar to how they would in the um, you know at their current brokerage, and if they're going to let's just say lease a home, uh, when that actually closes, they then um, are paid their commission. So it's all success-based yeah. and it's all commission-based. So um, they are incentively aligned uh, to go ahead and try to minimize the number of tours they have to do, um, as well as much more incentivized than your standard on-site that is maybe you know paid to $300. These people are um, you know really excited about closing that and being a real advocate in selling. Got it. Um, and, and so let, let me ask you this here. Obviously you've got to get the, you've got to get agents interested in what Skylight's doing, but also you have to have a building owners interested yeah. in what you're doing, which is the tougher one to get on board first. And how have you been approaching that, that problem that anyone who's building any sort of product with network effects ultimately faces? Yeah. Great question. And it's a, it's a common one. Uh, and I would say it ebbs and flows between which one we're kind of, you know, at different times, I think um, one can be more challenging than the other. And I think there's a number of factors there. Uh, but I would say that very much the getting, having a property management company understand how implementing Skylight's technology can really enhance their leasing and their actual management and their absorption, et cetera, mm -hmm. is the longer um, sale. Uh, bringing on that inventory of buildings is the is the education process that we have to really focus on. I'm um, excited to say on the agent side, pretty extensive waiting list currently of um, and growing 
um, wow. of a really high caliber agent. So we're at about give or take a hundred agents, and we we're bringing out about thirty to um, thirty a month on average now. The past two two three months, wow, and that's growing really quickly. And you in here in LA is uh, I think the exciting part about that um, is a number of the agents come from teams that are on enough these tv shows etc and you say holy shit why would you ever you know why would these people be willing to to rent apartments um but i think we all understand the um headwinds that residential agents currently have and then the part of it that um they're really excited to jump why they're excited to jump into this is that there are a number of renters right now that are renters by choice and, and very much influenced by, let's just say, interest rates. So mm-hmm. these clients that have somebody buying a two, three, four million dollar home here in LA uh, are uh, choosing to rent instead. And they're going to that same compass agent, that same agent from the agency. And they're saying, hey, Max, uh, you know, we're going to pause looking at buying something, but where do you think we should live for the next year or two? You know, Santa Monica, West Hollywood. And in the past, an agent would just kind of like point them out on like, you know, Santa Monica's a great neighborhood. Here you go. Go on Zillow. Well, the idea that they can now simply efficiently and, and really be excited about sharing um, mm-hmm. inventory through Skylight uh, is something that uh, agents are, are very much uh, uh, intrigued by and, and have been very successful at. So uh, the agent side of things is, is super exciting. On the building side of, of things, uh, they now understand and they're starting to very much, uh, much of it's inbound uh, as well. Uh, not enough of it, right? It's always, There's always some outbound motion. But on the building side, they understand that they need a more sophisticated leasing process. And that mm-hmm. starts with the person that is actually uh, meeting that prospect and uh, representing the building. So the more we can educate them that this is the caliber of agent you get with Skylight, uh, the quicker they are adopting um, you know, our platform as as a portion of their leasing strategy. Now, building owners wanted to go out and recruit their own agents. I mean, they can yep. do that today. They could call up a brokerage, you know. And I don't know what that process looks like. So maybe we start there. Like, what what would the traditional or the yeah. I don't know if it's the antithesis, yeah. but what would that look like versus just calling up Skyway and say, "Hey, look, I got this building. We got these great units. I just need people." To, to find renters to fill up my units. Yeah, so um, I can kind of give our our story of of just kind of our portfolio and how we we how we used to do it, which I think will give an ex- a good explanation of um, of you know how how they currently do it, and then uh, how you do it with Skylight. So we used to we have uh, property management companies that we use for our portfolio that we really like. They're, they're good managers. Um, mm-hmm. But we found that their leasing team was doing multiple things, um, you know, every day. So that can be anything from, you know, there are um, you know, water leaks to tenant complaints, et cetera, as well as filling in that those gaps with, with leasing apartments. And we always knew that, and from my, my partners in, in that end of uh, the business or previous business, in the um, syndication, uh, they were from New York and they said, Hey, in New York, we use residential agents. Uh, they're the best people to sell. Uh, if we need to really maximize our rents and, um, the absorption timeline, I think we need mm-hmm. to implement some agents here in LA. And so what we did is we called up, um, this particular case was a couple buildings in the Los Feliz neighborhood of, of Los Angeles. And we called up the Keller Williams office. We called up the compass office. And we found one really excited agent who had done some leasing. So when we implemented the strategy by utilizing, in this case, his name was Austin, uh, and put him into the, uh, you know, the buildings to handle the leasing, we really quickly realized he had to handle apartments.com, Zillow, lead management, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm booking tours, et cetera. And then we found that we were nonstop texting and calling him, asking how it's going. 
because every day that it's vacant, we're losing money. <laughs> and so right. we were we were pressuring the hell out of him to to really uh, you know focus on our portfolio when he had multiple apartments to rent, as well as he hadn't gotten to the leads from yesterday until maybe 24, 48 hours later when he could sit down on his computer and he wasn't running around town. So one of the first things we, we did was built out a dashboard in, and we'll get into that a bit, um, you know, to really uh, mend that relationship and understand what's going on in real time for us. But that is the way that you really try in the past would try to enhance your leasing. It would be either that you would go to your management company and say, like, we need someone better. We'd see, be some, we need someone new on our building or we need more people. Um, mm-hmm. And in doing so, it puts the pressure for them to go staff up, which they're not experts at leasing. They're experts at just overall general management. Leasing's very demanding, as, as I'm sure you know. Now, with Skylight, we built those tools so in the new new version of um, leasing with um, residential agents, we're that platform that connects the building to the agents and then provides that those tools for him to do it really efficiently. So in the past, when you just call your local, <clears throat> excuse me, your local brokerage or you ask a friend, hey, who's a good leasing agent? Mm-hmm. You get a good leasing agent without the tools. Um, and now with Skylight, you can um, very simply add a building, a portfolio to the platform. You don't have one agent like Austin, you have multiple agents. And then in doing so, I can track what's going on in real time with them. So I don't have to keep just uh, you know, calling them, pestering them when they're out there in the field selling. And then that agent has the app, the integrations with you know Appfolio or Yardy, whatever it might be on that specific building. And they can focus on what they're best at, which is selling. So uh, coming full circle in the past, you, you call up a couple of brokerages or your management company handles it um, without those tools for the most part. And then with Skylight, you we provide you with that staffing uh, as well as the um, the most important part of it beyond, you know, a good person opening that door, or excited person to open that door is providing them the tools to do it efficiently, um, which has a... You mentioned three-sided marketplace here. Um, We're not focused as much on driving the demand. I'll get into that in a bit because there are some exciting Mm -hmm. things. But Mm -hmm. in the demographics that we're all dealing with in terms of renters right now, they're used to instant gratification. So that means if they're looking on Zillow, apartments.com, they want to book a tour. Yep. They want it now and they want to see it when they are available to see it. Uh, so that's that's the part of it that we're we're really focused on providing those agents um, with the tools. Do you remember there. those really crummy JG Wentworth commercials? No, give it Jumax. <laughs> it's, it's my uh, money, the, and I uh, want it now. Yeah, yeah I, I, I know for sure. I could get that jingle out sometimes in my house. Sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you're not wrong now, though. Right? it's common you know that that's Mm -hmm. what people expect and and honestly though the the expectation has been set there by a lot of you know more prominent tool sets like learn now chat now get information Mm -hmm. now so like the expectation is that well that extends all the way through to the service provider on the ground which is you know obviously logistically very difficult to provide that max i'm I'm curious from your perspective Mm -hmm. like what have been some of the biggest challenges your customers like when they're talking to you like mm-hmm. what are they saying like we need help with this right now just in given the last few years especially uh i think there's been a lot of shifts in how we look at real estate how tech plays a role in that even leasing and and tours what was some of the direct feedback you're hearing from customers yeah i think at least in our like the conversations i have the pain point that comes up the most and most urgent need let me miss mention the word urgent is extra coverage i think the you know, the first dozen or so uh buildings we brought on this year i'd say most of it was leverage from someone saying hey look i'm in this lease up period and we have to fill some really high-end units or a new building we got to hit these numbers in this certain amount of time period difficulty being we don't really feel confident that we have 
everything checked off the list. Usually it come down to leasing talent. So even some different teams too, um, they might have one agent for you know every certain amount of units, typically a thousand or a couple thousand units. Mm-hmm. Easy spot was, hey, look, you guys don't have leasing in the afternoons or on the weekends. Um, and ultimately that was hurting their ability to fill those units up. Like some did a great job. You know, they're going to have high occupancy rates anyways. Um, some were not. So typically it was, hey, look, we have less than ideal occupancy or we're having trouble converting leads to tours. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that came down to, again, I think leasing talent. Um, another great one too, a, a company that we were working with, uh, I won't mention names during the podcast, but they had a really great amount of leads coming in not that many tours on the books and their tour hmm. to actually signing leases was pretty good um i think they were at you know 30 something percent conversion um ton of leads coming in not many being booked into tours pulling the curtains behind it one was the like, efficiency so hey look your, your your internal team is probably overwhelmed with handling building requests they had just changed own, um ownership of the property as well okay. uh, same same leasing agents were stuck there. Um, but what it came down to was those agents internally were a little overwhelmed, did a good job as much as they could. Um, but in order to get those leads to tours, they needed some internal tools for them, like free up their time, give them mm. the ability to respond faster, make sure the leads are contacted faster, um, and just push the tour numbers higher. Um, and then part of that too is making sure that they get more tours is opening up availability. So letting the Skylight agents come in on the weekends after four o'clock to six o'clock, something like that. Um, I would say that's like where, where the urgent needs is the most common pain point, uh, whether that's during lease up or just during a phase where they're where they're slumping a little bit. Is that a yeah. fair guess there, Jason, you think too? Yeah, I would say simply put is a higher caliber of, of agent, of leasing uh, agent is um, at the core of everything we do. Um, mm-hmm. And as we, <clears throat> as most, uh, let's just say institutional owners find out is that if you find a really great on-site leasing person the average churn there is uh, between eight and 13 months uh and oh wow and they're they're churning often and so you're not only going to find that next leasing star per se Mm -hmm. but you're also teaching them um have to train them completely on your entire tech stack so that combination uh isn't is uh, takes a significant amount of your time, your energy, uh, put focused on a finding that quality leasing person, keeping them yep. around, and training them on your on the technology. So, um, with Skylight, you can add a thousand units to the platform, and within a week, your units are live. From there, you're assigned multiple agents to each property, depending upon the number of vacancies, and they're darn talented for the most part. They are motivated salespeople that are really looking to earn extra income so that they can follow their dream of being a long-term residential agent, which we all know is pretty difficult. So the key behind it is that finding quality leasing talent can be difficult. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we provide that in a turnkey um, platform, which connects you to that talent um, day one. So... um, Everybody's looking for it. that leasing all-star, and uh, it's tough, and it's tough to keep them around. I think you can go through any large PMC and find a few, and, and it's mm-hmm. awesome when you find them, but they're looking to move mm-hmm. up as well. So yeah, uh, you're, you're always refilling that um, that bucket of, of talent, let's say. Um, we're excited I where things are where we're headed with that as well. Um, when you come to uh, you know virtual tours or self-touring, very Mm -hmm. much envision a time when um, there isn't that on-site leasing office. Uh, We've we've all seen um, the large CRMs talk about um, centralized leasing, et cetera. And I think there's definitely, um, that's that's growing and not going anywhere. Um, But I think that the majority of higher-end luxury apartments will always want some type of face-to-face sale, at least that option. So envision mm-hmm. a world where you pick as a renter, you know, I want a self-tour. And then the other person says, you know what? I want to choose a tour with a, with a in-person tour. 
uh, with with yep. an agent. And for that person that wants to show them the building or the neighborhood, maybe I'm new to town, et cetera, I want to talk to somebody. Yep. I we envision that option of a you book that tour and a an agent from the Skylight Network uh, shows up to conduct that. So it's all about that talent and then that coverage. Yeah, Jason, I think that the the talent is um when you see it actually in action or you see other some of our customers get really excited by that, um, mm-hmm. it makes more sense too. At first it's like, okay, sure, we want like a talented agent, of course, why we might want talent. But like one of our clients we brought on, kind of similar story that I mentioned before. They had a leasing agent who's handling so many units. A lot like any sales program though, you know, you kind of rank your reps. You have some that deal with, you know, the small medium-sized businesses, then you move up right. or enterprise, you have someone doing really sophisticated deals. And I think that with this good customer in particular, they were looking at this and realizing, hey, look, we're not filling up our our luxury units or you know these units in particular for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That customer base that was coming into that building and into these luxury units just wasn't really being sold to uh, in in the proper way. Where they the smaller units, the you know, smaller deal size when you compare it strictly to sales, are moving just fine. Like that agent they had internally was very comfortable closing. Um, you know, they're smaller units and they're less luxury units. So they came to Skyline and said, you know what, we'll give it a shot on some of these. They've been sitting stagnant for a while. Um, but ultimately, that, that was the fit. And they really saw it saying, wow, we want to have a high-quality agent, just like a you know sophisticated enterprise rep for big enterprise deals. And they kind of saw mm-hmm. the same comparison. And ultimately, that made a lot of sense to them. And the results were great, too. Um, anyway, when you think about it, you're walking into some of these units, some are really expensive. Um you know, where we jump into eight, eleven thousand or not uh, a month or more. You know, it takes a special person to go in there and close a deal. At least I think. Um, and also, too, when we start looking at these agents who are representing these buildings and having their own audience and their kind of their own book of business, when you can bring somebody who might be looking at a house in Los Angeles or in Phoenix or different areas we're moving to, um, if you can. Take someone who has that kind of sophisticated taste, who already trusts you, and then you can move them into something else that you as an agent selling. In this mm-hmm. case, it's you know a luxury unit from a different property management company. I think that's a really good sales flow for, for higher-end units, um, and any unit really in particular, but that's where we've had a lot of traction so far when it comes to a sophisticated agent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to kind of talk a little bit about the, the trends of the industry. I mean, I, I follow, you know... Uh, Actually, I'll, I'll plug it right now. I've got a really great Twitter list called Real Estate Data. If you're not following it, you should jump on that. Uh, I'm not even asking you to follow me. Don't follow me. Oh, I tell people, Nate, I follow do. my list. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so so like I, I keep up on some of the reports that are coming out. And it seems like, you know, there's been a little bit of an, a bump of vacancy rates. We've seen uh vacancies actually going up a little bit the number of incentives have started picking up in areas buddy of mine has been shopping for a new apartment he's he's in new york city and he's been sending me all these ridiculous listings he's looking at but also like some of uh, the incentive packages that come with it <laughs> i'm curious though if i mean you guys are coming in and say we have this talent we have this pool of agents do do building owners respond to like okay let's give that a shot first let's let's try a new way of like service professionals or are they saying like okay we'll do the service professionals and you know the incentive packages like how does this change the overall approach of the the building owner when they're presented with the solution that Skywide's offering um I, i'll start here and i would say that um you know new york and los angeles we deal with rent control uh so i think that these incentives are used for a number of different reasons um, mm. all well thought out, but ultimately that gross rent is critical. So in LA, if you can give an extra free month of rent and keep your gross rent higher, ultimately that's where you're going to be increasing off of when you have in the city of LA, your 3% increases. Well, you got to start as high as possible because that person can stay for 10, 15, 20 years, let's say, uh, mm. which is fine. So there here in LA, there are um, the smaller owners are very much focused on. And when I say small, um, I'll say a portfolio of like um, you know 500 or less units here in LA, and that can be made up of uh, 
10 or so buildings, some four units in Venice Beach, or it could be 25 units up in, you know, Hollywood. And those owners are very much focused on um, long-term holds, keep making sure that their gross rents are, are in line with at least with market. And because of that, incentives are, are important. Um, there's times when you, when we get brought on and they say, Hey, if we're going to pay, uh, you know, 6%, um, we, and you guys can, you're, you're better at your team is, uh, or your network of agents or, or better salespeople. Can mm -hmm, I hit mm -hmm. this $3,000 one bed rent without having to, um, you know, give that one month free, let's try it. Uh, and so there are times when they'll, they'll remove those, um, et cetera. That being said, on the larger inventory within certain neighborhoods, and I think you could probably speak to this, you know, as well as as anybody in regards to trends, um, within LA, you can only build up in certain pockets. So for example, Hollywood, um, it's become incredibly competitive because of both deliveries, uh, let's say 12 months ago, 12 to 16 months ago, and then deliveries now. And so the mm -hmm. deliveries 12 to 16 months ago We've seen very much uh, different waves of renters over the past three years, very unorthodox how they've come in, when they come in, and then um, big increases, but not very steady. And then um, because taking you back to like that 12 to 16 months, right now you're hitting renewals from those buildings. So if you're delivering on a new 100 unit building in Hollywood, um, you need absorption you need absorption quickly and that is all also tied to your debt so if, you, if you're sitting here saying that i need to refinance this um i have to be at a certain amount of occupancy in a certain number gross rent right in a certain period of time well hell you got to figure out any way to get there what's most important is you're getting as many people in there to pay that rent as you can as quickly as possible and they're all using us and keeping um, those concessions because it's all about filling it quicker um, and and that's what we bring to the table there uh, they're also running into those renewals where once you're through that cycle and you've refinanced or have stabilized a building mm -hmm. now you're really focused on keeping your current tenants in place i think we see a trend across the country where you're uh, if it's harder to find renters or becoming that um heading in that direction. Well, let's keep who's in my building and I'm offering yep. them yep. incentives to stay. So some of the incentives are pretty out of whack in, in that particular pocket, let's just stick to Hollywood because you have your renewals offering, um, significant, um, incentives to keep that place full. And that's mm -hmm. what the, the pressure of the, um, the, that's the pressure that the management has on them is keeping it full. And then you have the new inventory that needs to hit both the rent and the absorption. So you have this battle of incentives where you, in order to be competitive, the renter is looking at multiple places. Oftentimes you have to offer those incentives and you have to, uh, you know, tap into our platform in order to really, um, you know, increase that demand in, we haven't gotten there yet, but differentiating yourself on um, the current ILS is, is difficult. Uh, it's a pay to play and be at the top of the list. And there is no differentiation. Uh, we're finding with Skylight yeah. that uh, when renters find us through agents, that they see it as being a curated, more premium, let's call ILS. Um, and that's mm -hmm. all driven by the agents. So, um, took that question and, and ran with it, but incentives very, <laughs> very much with, uh, uh, particular I pockets of LA, et cetera. Um, yeah, but that's why so we're I'll, also, I'll... we're excited about other markets. Um, uh, I think we've all read about Phoenix and Austin and their, uh, record number of deliveries. Um, mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. the rents are holding, I mean, they're, they're down, right. But not catastrophically. They're, they're holding in, so, in some pockets they're down but they're down from the highs they're down from peaks and and in many cases it's the rent growth that has slowed it's not that it's just going down i i think this is where i have like every time i see someone share an article from inc and fortune i just i immediately roll my eyes and like good night i mean because it's just <laughs> I, i'm you know look CoreLogic's a legitimate data company but the the 
the extrapolation of what they're putting out as data and then, you know, trying to convince everyone that we're going to see 20 and 40% market valuation drops, you know, a year ago, they were, they, obviously it's like the, the doomers know how to get clicks. That's, yeah, that's what we figured that. out at this we, point. In my um, small little uh, group that we, we run in with, you know, um, through through multifamily is what we, for many years now, um, I mean, I think we've all been told that that doom and gloom is coming, and there'll be incredible deals out there. Um, I think we all. It was last that last that... week. The the yeah. YouTuber with his uh, Airbnb report went viral. Yeah, and yeah. and there's nothing to substantiate the data is like incongruent with any other source, including Airbnbs. It's like I'm pretty sure this isn't like yes, has there been declines? Yes, but that's like totally separate reasons other than crashing. It's not crashing. Yeah, there's but, uh, COVID outlier. Like, there's effects from COVID across the board that I think um, very much maturity the, of the space. Mature. It's just purely maturity of the space. Uh, you know, some well, people a, are. That's an interesting comment as well. So um, when we started out, or when I started out in multifamily. Um, in LA, you had uh, a number of people coming from New York that were syndicating deals and uh, doing the standard what you see across the country now, which is your new floors, your new cabinets, uh, renovating and pushing rents in supply constrained locations within LA. Sure. That became more mature over time and there was less opportunity. A lot of it had to do with uh, rent control and rent restrictions, et cetera. But when you look at markets like, for example, Phoenix, and you see uh, 200 unit garden style apartments that, uh, well, first off, the the leverage and the you know, interest rates were in the, let's just say around 3%. You're coming in there and each building was rinse and repeat in terms of renovations, pushing those rents uh, and then refinancing and exchanging or, or selling and exchanging, excuse me, or refinancing and doing another deal. Um, where that becomes interesting is that uh, when you have a huge increase in supply in like Phoenix, for example, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting where those rents flush out. Because if you have a garden style apartment with a beautiful interior and you know, in-unit laundry, and then you have a class A property of 500 units that just needs to fill up. And as those start to compress, you're not going to be able, I, I imagine it's not about filling your units very much about uh, keeping those units uh, or keeping the rents in line with where you need to be based off of your initial thesis when purchasing the property. So I think there's a number of things that will wiggle out, but um, internally we talk about, I think there are uh, significantly more buyers on the sideline if they were in a distressed situation where you're going to sell that at still very much a premium compared to where these articles and doom and glooms uh, yeah. articles are um there's there's too many people that see multifamily and um, the security of housing etc as at the very least someone's gonna um you know i think make it out of those um uh, pretty unharmed but maybe didn't make that return that they hoped for and then that new guy in a handful of years is gonna have that renovated building to to hold on to so um, mm. it's definitely a interesting time but uh, inventory definitely plays new inventory plays into all of this. Now I want to ask you one one question, a little bit more philosophical, and then we're going to get to the the, the final two seconds here of the show. You know, it, it's fairly obvious you guys have leaned into the idea that the service professional, the agent, is still very much central to the transaction here when it comes to leasing. In the last few years, though, we've seen this this theme in real estate. You know, it's it's old, it's antiquated. I'm guilty. Of <laughs> you, you know, I have in the past. I've said it. I've downplayed the role of buyers agents and leasing agents. I've done it, and, and I, I have. I think I've switched teams here. I'm a little bit more aligned to you guys, where I still see the service professional as actually really integral to the transaction in many ways. Some I maybe hadn't considered before, um, and so I'm just curious as to like, you know, when you were thinking about starting a business, you saw all the problems like. Why, why not just go like, hey, let's automate the agent out of us. Let's just go self-touring. Let's just go fill in your own lease agreement versus, hey, let's bring in the agent. Let's find the best in talent and let's systemize that to deliver you know, that personalized service. Why go that route? Yeah, well, uh, it was back to your question about what the customers were asking for. And when it came to B to A plus inventory in Los Angeles, 
we saw the opportunity organically from what we were building for agents and that agents were excited about leasing. And I think that was the change in roles amongst residential agents. Mm. Now, when we started to build out what we're currently, what currently is Skylight, uh, it was during COVID. Uh, it was as a side project, as a, let's, hey, we, there's never going to be more vacancies in Los Angeles. And these were all customers of mine that I had sold a number of, you know, properties to over time or knew through that business. And they said, mm -hmm. hey, we, we need help here. And what we realized very quickly is their management um, could not handle uh, the demands that these owners were placing on them regarding leasing. So you have a couple options that we, we immediately ordered a handful of lockboxes to, to pair with the <laughs> app and said, oh, hey, lockbox tours, it's, we're all in on this. And we know the players in the market, et cetera. And we said, hey, we can you know, think about the costs there and, and keeping those costs low, et cetera. And when we started to meet with larger and larger um, customers, mm -hmm. they immediately pushed back and said, hey, does a human open the door? Like, do you have somebody that opens the door? They didn't believe us because they were being hit with, hey, uh, you got a lockbox, you know, self-touring, et cetera. And so we said, yep. yeah, absolutely. And not only is it a, a, you know, just someone to open a door, they're really a motivated salesperson that knows the neighborhood, knows the nearest coffee shop, and they're there and they're incentivized to actually close that lease. And they would hire us as a leasing brokerage before we built all our technology uh, in an instant over um, over just using a lockbox company. So the light bulb went off to, uh, to us and, and we knew we did not want to build a very large leasing brokerage. Um, we have a number of, of close relationships that have done so in New York. And we knew that um, just kind of where I was at, in, 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 I guess, in my life, um, so relatively young, realized I did not want 100 or 200 agents um, in all hanging their license with me and the demands you know, that, that follow that. And the liability. Yeah, no question about it. And so, and also the scalability, right? How quickly can we service mm -hmm. all of these apartments? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so we, we realized, hey, these real estate and prop tech is, it, it takes a while for the customer to adopt software. Yes. Yeah. We, we all know that. And um, it, it just takes a significant amount of education, time, handholding, and willingness to implement that. So the halfway point there was that if we implement all the software, you get all of that. But with that quality agent, they were really excited and it was very quickly, we'll use you. Um, mm. So at the heart of it, where things are headed, I think I brought this up you know, earlier. Uh, I think the, the on-site agent role is changing. And I think that um, forget the generalist that is handling renewals, community um, events or community functions and mm -hmm. also doing leasing. And then that person is becomes demotivated by staying there till, you know, nine at night, filling out their leasing information, et cetera, while they have to handle that renewals, while they have to handle the community events, et cetera. And it's very much going into specialization. So I think there is a world that will evolve here that has a self tour and is a part of it. If you want to come see a place and all of the um, uh, entrance systems, et cetera, are all uniform and you can do so, which I think is also a reason we decided to um, use you know, agents. Um, mm -hmm. Once that gets there and you can simply access through you know, Latch, Butterfly, et cetera, um, that will be a part of everybody's leasing strategy. But I think there is no doubt in my mind that in order to lease, and this goes back to the maturity of the market, rents are up across the country. A $2,000, $3,000 unit, a $60,000 commitment for a year, whatever it might be, depending upon, you know, thirty right. to $60,000 yeah. is a luxury product and it's expensive. And not everybody is comfortable going to view that on your own and the conversion from tour to lease we have found to be significantly higher with that person there that can answer some of those questions etc mm. so i like to think that we're uh combining giving 
multifamily operators the ability to satisfy both of those where absolutely believe in all the technology and i absolutely believe that a human interaction and face-to-face sale will never go away so i think it's a balancing act of both and i think across the country if you want to engage a a human to conduct that tour that Mm -hmm. it should be Mm -hmm. through skylight's platform and what who's better than residential agents um that whole world has changed as well from the role of a team to the role of an agent uh and then their willingness to actually go rent apartments goes back to maturity in the market as well because of those rents and now if they can make 500 to a thousand dollars and do five or ten of those in between their sales each month they're making an extra 30 to a hundred thousand dollars and we all know that's really impactful just to keep going as a residential agent so as long as they're willing to do it and we can make it really easy on them i think it's a resource that owners and operators will always want to tap into in some fashion so um yeah yeah. i appreciate that uh guys we're going to shift here to the uh final two segments of the show first one here (laughs) being called for the future for the future is when I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. You guys ready to play? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Question number one, this. what does Skylight look like one year from now? Oh, I'll jump in. Yeah, you get the one, Jason. Um, Skylight one year from now. I believe we'll be in three or four markets. Um, in each market, we'll have uh, 500 or so agents at least. And I think that um, residential agents across, you know, those those MSAs will be uh, very much an integral part of the uh, leasing uh, world within that city, uh, which also will impact significantly how renters uh, find and search for apartments. Um, The more agents that are in each market, uh, more likely that you're going to uh, be introduced to one of those along the way. Um, mm-hmm. through through whatever uh, technology we're, we're passing out. And um, it will be a really exciting time in each one of those markets. So uh, very much have the vision if you, you hop off the, uh, you know, the plane in Austin, Texas, and you pass a bigger building and you see uh, somebody standing out front, that there's a, there's a good chance they're, they're meeting a prospective renter, and that is a, a Skylight uh, network agent that is conducting that tour so um yeah all done through um, cool. i think as you know uh, integrations etc take some time we're almost there so uh the closer we get to that the closer to um streamlining that process and making it really exciting for these agents to run around um, so in a year i think you'll have you know, we'll be in multiple cities and uh, you know i think residential agents will be uh, continue to be really excited about the opportunity very cool. All right, number two here. What will be the most impactful technology to help leasing agents in the next several years? Hmm. Really good one. <laughs> let, let me give it some thought. So the most impactful technology. Um, I'm going to throw out a few softballs here to like kind of yeah, you know, no, no, roll no, this, yeah, right? Please, please yeah, I mean, obviously, we, yeah, look, we yeah. don't work in the books anymore. We have IDX feeds. That, mm-hmm. I mean, as like, Super powerful digital signatures, instant oh, I got applications. It. You want me to just go for one of these? Uh, the side yeah, of one, the one of these, whatever. Just, just, just go for it. Um, what's the next one? Yeah, let's hear I it. I very much think that AI will be very impactful for leasing agents. We're building into the product some really cool features that simplify, uh, not for the renter, but simplify for the agents. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, when I'm walking into a building and I'm an agent and, and let's say I haven't been to the building and uh, through my wayfinding, et cetera, it, it provides me with two or three different units to show um, Nate because he's looking to move to Santa Monica. He wants a light and bright unit so I know which ones to tour because um, <laughs> he needs some sun and and he, you won't be moving him to Santa Monica, but uh, at least I would imagine not. Um not remote enough, but anyways. Um, so if you're looking to move and, and Jason, the agent, is meeting you there, um, I will will be able to ask and 
interact with AI, which will then tell me specific units to show you when I'm there, as well as all of the pet policies, all of the pertinent details about the building, and then questions that you might have. So maybe Nate has two snakes that he's bringing. And so instead of me having to go through the old antiquated process of asking the management company, can he, A, do you accept snakes? And B, can you bring two of them? And what's the cost? While I'm touring you, I can ask those questions through AI, pulls those details, and then allows me to understand um, you know, give you that, those policies, et cetera. So, um, it's a little cheesy for the times, but AI is going to significantly help. I believe leasing agents across the board. I don't disagree with you. I am going to tell you one thing. If I was filling out the lead form and I said, Jason, I need more sun. I need yeah. to get some more sun in my life. <laughs> you might actually suggest South Dakota. And here's why as a, <laughs> uh, back in 1909, South Dakota was once known as formally the sunshine state wow i had no idea there you go there's today's did you know the morning how many days a year of sun a lot uh enough to (laughs) where um we actually had a ton of rain last month it rained 21 days in june this year which is like that's like this guy is literally falling it also does hail a little bit here uh i don't know it's got to be like three like close to 300 days a year yeah, it's amazing I, I assume similar to uh colorado um so probably yeah i spent yeah. a good amount of time not as expensive there. don't come here it's terrible you'd hate it <laughs> <laughs> all right number That's three what's one santa monica wouldn't be the you know spot <laughs> for you like it wasn't a bunch about the sun you know it's probably cloudier with the uh there you, you go know, the, the may gray all right number three here what's one industry trend you think will continue but you wish would go away Mm. Max, why don't you jump into that? Man. While I think about it. Um, you got another softball for me here, Nate? I'm trying to... Hold no punches. These are, these are... Follow your gut. <laughs> um, you know, this is a... So th- our team was made up, like, you know, Jason's background came from owning multifamily and brokering multifamily. I started working in tech about, you know, a handful or so years ago. Um, focused in prop tech for the past, for majority of that. I noticed, uh, like, talking specifically about prop tech, I think there'll be more consolidations. Like, the reason I got excited to join Skylight was that I was working at a different company before. Really good, but it was just really tough to sell property management companies because there's a lot of thin offerings. Um, mm-hmm. Like, oh, you, do you want the best tool that can... I don't. I won't ever bash, but that can do this one unique thing really specifically, and it might move the needle. Um, yep. And it's about you know if you look at any industry, but something especially in prop tech, there's a ton of really specific thin offerings that may or may not move the needle. Um, ultimately, the company I was working on before, um, we weren't big enough to get acquired, but that was kind of the move. Was hey, look at some point, like we're so specific in this, the only option we really have is be bought and then rolled into something bigger. I think that trend will continue happening. Um, like I, th- I think from a buyer experience, if I'm a property manager um, or you know running the the leasing for the you know, Texas and Arizona and California, I want the buying process to be easier. At least I think the people that I, I got to speak with really openly in property management say, yeah, like we get hit with a lot of offers. So I think giving a good, better buyer experience and also just giving a really thick offering. Uh, within PropTech that says, hey, look, we can get you from from plugging into your property management software all the way to and get you to a lease signed. Or, you know, just like a bulkier offering as opposed to interact this way or convert your emails faster or convert this piece faster. Just push mm-hmm. that all into one big thick offering, I think, is where a lot of this is in the head. Um, at least when I listen to, like, I listened to a really great pod, or I guess it was an interview with one of the professors at USC uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that one. We brought on a couple different prop tech leaders. It's really good. Probably about six years old now, maybe. Okay. Um, and it became really obvious just listening to the different founders. They had really good ideas, but it just seemed really early. Like each one had a, a really specific cool idea, but it was so small and maybe really not all that powerful. Um, granted, they're early, so they haven't all been tested and validated within the market. But I think going forward, I'm, we're going to see, I would like to see, uh, I would not be against it as a sales rep too. 
uh, selling within like a, a big juicy offering where it's like, okay, look, we got a handful um, of not maybe not legacy prop tech companies anymore, but new prop tech companies that have joined forces and you got two or three that are best in class at taking you from plugging into your property management software to giving you a lease signed. Um, so right now, I, guess, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, man, picking here to work at Skylight was easy because of that's kind of how Jason sold me is, hey, look, like I reached out to Jason actually saying, look, man, we're having a really tough time getting into this market. How are you guys doing it? And ultimately for us, it just came down to having too thin of an offering that didn't really stand on enough uh, mm-hmm. at my previous role. Um, so anyways, long answer. I like that tactic, though. Turn, turn to cold outreach, uh, and Jason turning that around and then pitching. Uh, <laughs> hey, why don't you just work here? <laughs> yeah, if you ever send me a sales pitch, just understand that I will guarantee, almost guarantee you I'm going to do the same thing to you. We're going to move on to the final one here sure. for the future. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of tech advances? Um, I think that the that property management um will very much be a specialized role which is managing tenants what do they call it the three t's like tenants toilets and um what's the third one i'm i'm pushing for um taxes probably (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you do manage that but my point is that um the bifurcation of the management companies into multiple Mm. different specialized roles um, is very much where I think things are headed. And so that, um, like, for example, leasing. Leasing will be handled by a you know, specialized you know, team or platform, let's say. Um, management uh, used to be the all-in-one bundle and did kind of everything okay, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and great, very smart people throughout it are really now focused on implementing technology so that they can specialize in what they're best at. So, uh, gotcha. Yeah. All right. We're going to move into the last three. So I'll, I'll ask questions and, uh, mm-hmm. Jason, you give your answer and then Max, you follow behind and we'll do, uh, each three of these kind of like a lightning round style. Uh, cool. first one here, what are you reading? What am I uh, reading? Oh, Max, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I'm reading one of the books by Category Pirates. They're uh, a marketing group. It's like a Nicholas Cole and two other guys. I'm blanking on their names, but they're uh, they do really great thought work in, in terms of marketing and daming demand and, and thinking of things as different rather than better. So they have a couple of different books. I think it's like their their marketing toolkit or something like that. But very book cool by Category Pirates. It's really good. Looking them up. Yeah, you like it, Nate. I think you enjoy it too. They're really. Fun writers and also really great thinkers too. I am going very old school here, just because it was uh, one that was handed for me for Father's Father's Day is good to great. <laughs> one of the, uh, the the old school classics. So there you um, go. I, I I think I promised my father I'd right pick it up and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> take a look at it. So um, that's what's currently on the shelf. We have a. Uh, a couple from Book Club that are a little more exciting that are coming up though in the near future. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Number two here, who are you learning from? Oh, really good question. Um, I think I learned most from our team. Um, and I say that because we have a very diverse team when it comes to anything in prop tech. Um, our engineering team, a number of the, or one in particular originated from Slack. It was one of the founding um, one of the founding guys over there, which is pretty exciting. And communication is really important um, within uh, the leasing world. So communicating with agents, mm-hmm. uh, tenants, and and approved management companies. Um, so I learned a darn lot from our engineering team. And then the other side of our business, in terms of our sales and our account management. Um, that is, uh, that's where I'm learning because I spend most of my time here. Um, that's where I'm learning from day to day. Um, I have a number of podcasts, et cetera, I'd like to listen to in between. And then I'm going to throw, throw a wrench in this a little bit is, uh, I have a two and a half and five year old and man, 
I learned a lot from them, um, how to sell, how to deal with, uh, you know, <laughs> anger, um, <laughs> how to get, you know, um, really, uh, really some real life lessons from, from my kids, um, which is really awesome. Uh, you know, I can, I can give you the classic, uh, you know, people that I listen to on, uh, you know, podcasts, et cetera. But I think just how much time I spend internally with the team, I learned a ton from them. Uh, and then, and then my kids. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I think I, my answer could go a whole bunch of different ways, but I'll, uh, I'll keep it within skylight for this podcast for, uh, we have two young, younger sales reps that are great. Uh, one's a really great writer. So, uh, in terms of, I, I thought I was a good writer until I started interacting with him some more. So I learned a lot about, you know, copywriting and just overall keeping things a little cleaner and tidier from him. Mm. Jason's a great sales rep. Um, I don't get to go into the office as much as I want since I'm in a different city than Jason, but he is a, uh, I guess, you know, I've had several CEOs before, none of them from a sales background. So having Jason from a sales background is great. Um, powerful pitches, really convincing. Uh, so I learned a lot of sales tips from him. Um, so my best thought partner, I'll piggyback off Jason here, is actually my dad. He's super successful. Um, he's retired now, retired early. Uh, to be a grandpa, but I love talking with him about almost everything business. He has a great sense of humor, kind of sarcastic, um, but a really practical way about going about business. He ran companies for a while, and he he did it very practically and and rather unexcitedly too. So he's he's a lot of fun to to talk business with as a younger person, talking to someone who's at the end of their professional career. Um, He's got a, got a lot of good advice and keeps it really calm. So I learned a lot from him in terms of staying calm and thinking clearly about things. Awesome. Last one here. What inspires you? Mm. <laughs> I, that's a lot. It inspires for uh... – Jason, why don't, you, why don't you knock it off first? I'll follow you. I think my answer could go way too wide here. Yeah, I, I think what inspires me most – is um, what inspires me most? Um, I would kind of stem us back to what we were just talking about, right? Who inspires <laughs> me? But um, I would say that um, what inspires me most is seeing the really success during, especially uh, you know the challenging times within startups, is seeing the really successful. Um, successful companies that were recently let's say you know three to five years ago were very much where we are now and it inspires me that um these these leaders of these teams have been through these ups and downs um you know daily i would say i think that's the biggest challenge is kind of referencing your runs um you know you have along that whole run there are probably hours within that run or miles within that run that are really tough and then really easy, right? So I'm inspired by the opportunity that is out there. And let's just call it thinking about um, the opportunity of how many residential agents they are. That should be, mm -hmm. uh, you know, part of what we're doing and, and using it as a huge opportunity to, you know, really uh, grow their their current, um, you know, sales uh, book of business, et cetera but also that the opportunity of how many apartments there are to rent. So it inspires me that there are millions of people looking for homes and that we have a huge impact on that, um, that world. And, and I'm inspired to uh, make us really impactful along the way. So um, other founders, super inspiring. Um, and just watching other people's journeys, I think. Yeah. Uh, I had a call with my uh, one of my mentors like maybe a couple months ago. Jason knows them. They used to work together back in the day. But he said, uh, don't have any fear. Be of service. So I try to think of that working with Jason here or, or working with different companies in the past, even with customers too. Um, is it, it takes a lot of like fear of the outcome as long as you're – you're being a good service mm. and have some good intentions. So I try to do that when we when I talk to our sales reps or when we talk to customers. Um, 
or put information out there. Like when we write when we write some long form emails to fill in our customers or potential clients mm-hmm, on what's mm-hmm, going mm-hmm. on. Just really present the information um, in a way that's you know persuasive, but also that's of service too. So uh, that's been a big inspiration for me. I like, think the past couple of years it helps them take some pressure off, especially working in like tech startups. You want to see success. You want yeah. to see hyper growth. A, a lot of it's making sure that you keep the ball in the fairway and be of service to other people. Reminds me of something I go by, which is do the right thing and we wait to get fired. Uh, but I think <laughs> yours is put a little bit nicer there. So, <laughs> fellas, this has been a, a really good time. Um, thanks so much for sharing about Skylight, the, the changes in the industry, especially when it comes to leasing. It's not a cut topic that I think gets covered quite often. And maybe it gets overlooked as far as its value, you know, and helping renters not just find the, the right place, but also helping owners realize the full value potential of their buildings. Now, before we go ahead and close out, uh, for those who want to get in touch with you guys and or learn more about Skylight, where do they go and how do they do that? Yeah, so you can go to um, you know, getskylight.com. Um, that's, that's where you can find out more about us. Uh, and then uh, you can get in touch with me at Jason at, at GetSkylight.com. Uh, you know, I'll get back to you really quickly. I think I, uh, you know, I'd be excited to to talk further with anybody about the, uh, the leasing world, uh, specifically in both, um, you know, how we view it here in LA, our experience here in LA. I think uh, we have as much knowledge of anybody from a multitude of different size operators, uh, which mm-hmm. is really exciting. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. That's how you get in touch with us. Awesome. And I'll put uh, links into the onto the show episode on technest.io so you guys can get links directly to uh, both Max and Jason's LinkedIn and Twitter accounts uh, as well as the website here. Uh, hopefully, I'll get a chance to see you guys around. Um, if you're headed to Blueprint this year in Vegas, you can catch me at Blueprint. Yeah, I'm going to cool. be there uh, again on site for all the, uh, I think it's two or three days. Uh, but until then, we'll see you later. Cool. Thanks so much, Nate. Thanks, Nate. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to TechNest, the PropTech podcast. Find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode on technest.io. You can get future episodes delivered to your ears directly by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other major podcast apps. Follow TechNest on social media to stay up to speed on new developments, resources, and announcements in PropTech. Your support is greatly appreciated. There's two ways you can directly support this podcast. Share episodes you find interesting and then leave a review of the show in the App Store. From Nate and the TechNest team, thanks for listening.